0: Welcome to the Fail Forward Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is change the negative stigma around failure into a positive. Failure is only a negative if we do not learn from it and we give up. Welcome back to the Fail Forward Podcast. Today, I'm going to be doing a slightly different episode. So unfortunately, five weeks ago, I had a very light stroke. I'm okay. Don't worry. Thank you already to a lot of the uh, messages um, and kind support that I've had coming from everybody. It was a very light stroke. So fortunately, physically, mentally, I'm still all good. I'm just having to go through lots of tests at the moment to ensure that I can just carry on with a normal life. I'm going to talk about more of that in up and coming episodes. But today is a slightly different episode because what we've got today is a previous podcast that I have been a guest on, um, and there might be some more of these coming out in the coming weeks. Just whilst I'm recovering um, and putting more content out there and working it all out. So we did what I did have planned was lots of interviews coming up for you guys and me interviewing other people, but we've had to shelve all those. So Amy Rollinson, a no- name that you guys probably know because she's been on the podcast. She helped me. Um, build this podcast. She was actually the person who said, Henry, you need to do a podcast on your failure story. She is the reason why this podcast exists and helps and supports so many of you out there. So what we've got with Amy today is Amy is interviewing me on her podcast. um, So you'll get to hear all of that. Um, Amy is fantastic. She's a fantastic podcaster, but she's also very, very good at training people on how to do a podcast. So if you are thinking about doing a podcast right now, I would get hold of Amy. We'll put her details in the show notes because she has helped me transform uh, my life using this podcast and be able to get my uh, a message out to uh, thousands of people now um and at, with amy's training it is second to none and it's it is um, it's absolutely amazing and what ended up happening off the back of that training is that we actually um, i got in the top 3 in the business and entrepreneur um charts when we first launched and now rolling on nearly two years from a year and a half we um went up to uh, in the top 50 again the other day and our numbers are growing and growing and growing and that is all from the support of amy so please enjoy this episode um thank you again for everyone's kind words and support and i'll be um i'll be back in your ears very soon take care all
1: today on focus on why i am joined by henry guyburn henry how are you doing
0: Yes, I'm well. Thank you for having me on. Really looking forward to this, Amy.
1: Well, we've been working together for quite a few months, helping you to get your podcast out into the world. Why don't you start about telling us what that's all about?
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing. And um, thank you for helping me with it. It's been amazing. Your support has been fantastic. So I now have a podcast called Fail Forward. And Fail Forward is um, essentially talking about my business journey with growing a business from naught to 47 people and then losing it all, including my family home, and then deciding to start again and um, growing that business and going on a journey of what failure means and how to deal with it and how failure is how we learn and experience and that failure is only a negative if we don't learn from it or do not learn from it and we give up and my mission is to help people understand that they don't have to fear failure and that their dreams and goals are always achievable and learning and experience and failure is part of that and that's really what the podcast is about. It's about me sharing some of my content, but also interviewing other people who have been through not just business failure, but adversity, difficult times, come through struggles to be able to then create success and just looking into the, their traits and trying to share that with the world so people can see what they need to do to be able to overcome those dif- difficult times, to be able to create the lives that they want.
1: Fantastic. And it is absolutely awesome seeing you take this from a concept through to actually getting it out there as a reality and then seeing these phenomenal messages that, I, that have been posted about what it's now allowing other people to do so well done
0: Thank you. Well, I couldn't have literally, and I mean it, done it without you because we were in a breakout room and I said, I'm going to do this in a couple of years. And you're like, no, no, you're going to do this now. This is the best time. And you're right. And it's all fitted in perfectly. And and yeah, your support has been second to none. So thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Really, really enjoyed the process. So tell us, Henry, what is it you're doing at the moment?
0: Okay, so I run a network of businesses since I lost it all. um, My drive and determination has been really really like gone huge so I now run five different businesses um, and one of them is a tree surgery business the other one is a property investing business service accommodation business and I also mentor um, tree surgery businesses um, doing masterminds and course creation and other things like that so um, just to be clear I don't I'm not involved in it deeply in all of the businesses now. We've got them systemized and managers in. My main focus at the moment is, um, is in the uh, tree surgery training business to, to be mentoring other tree surgeons. And I've seen a bit of a problem um, that I'm trying to solve, which is similar to mine before I lost my tree surgery business, that quite often tree surgery business owners uh, go and start a tree surgery business uh, with very little business experience um and then have these businesses that end up creating pulling a lot of their time and energy um so I'm just trying to help other tree surgery businesses not make the same mistakes as me
1: and you're talking about making mistakes and you also gave us a bit of a spoiler alert essentially with the with why you've created it earlier through your podcast fail forward this fear of failure That you are actually now advocating, in the sense that it's okay to fail in life, and that it's a a a whole way of operating. Tell me what it now means for you to be failing forward. So,
0: it just means that I am continuously trying things, and I'm not I'm not fearful of trying things, and I'm going to. I mean, I accept now that I don't have to get everything right first time round, and that. It gives me the opportunity to try things but also on top of that one thing I learned through failure is there's also something when I say to not give up there is actually quite something quite profound and and powerful about giving up but trying something different and it's it's a bit of a caveat that I say that it's never give up but sometimes you might have to pivot or try change or do something different and I think sometimes putting the white flag up and saying yeah this isn't working out i'm going to change is 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 hugely powerful um the the don't the do not give up bit is do not give up on your goals and dreams do not give up on what you're aiming for the overall aim you might just have to change currently what you're doing so it gives me the power to be able to go out and try things and know that actually if it doesn't work out what did i learn from it what can i do differently should i try that again or should i go and try and something doing something different um so yeah it just gives me the power to keep doing that
1: And was there an inspiration behind why you believe that failing is okay? Has there been some information that supported you or, because it's not something that as a culture we accept, we're all about hide the failures and just promote the the wins.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it comes from very early on when I, when I failed all my GCSEs and I was at school and they were telling me that these are the most important things in your life. And if basically, if you don't, if you, if you fail your GCSEs, then you're going to be nobody. And then of course you go and fail your GCSEs and then you kind of think, well, I'm going to be nobody. I'm just going to go and work, you know, going to go and work and see what happens. Um, so to answer your question, what really, in, I, I didn't really go down a rabbit hole with failure until I hit the biggest failure, which was losing the business, having to sell my family home, And I read a book called Black Box Thinking, and that book changed my life because it's a fantastic book about the aviation industry, also quite a few other things. It talks about the National Health Service. Uh, It talks about the justice system, lots of things, and about failure and how failure is a part of learning. And it completely changed it on the head because there is a negative stigma about failure, about, you know, being being losing or or not, not doing things. In society, everyone wants to win all the time. You know, we're all very competitive. Life is a competition, essentially. And as soon as you lose or fail, then there's quite a lot of negative stigma around that. And I then read this book, Black Box Thinking, as the business was going under, and it was an epiphany moment of, oh, okay, this really tragically bad thing that's happening. This is really positive. I can use this. This doesn't have to define the rest of my life it can define the rest of my life in a different way which is what I'm using it for now to try and help other people understand that when things go wrong that it's not the end it doesn't mean you have to stop doing something or you can just you know I think sometimes bad things happen or and and negative things happen and then that just puts the blockades up for people to not go and try something else because then they think well that's the way life is it's it's that's what the cards that life's dealt me I've lost this lost this business or this failure's happened and now I've got to just stop and live back in a, a normal kind of life so it's hugely powerful to understand failure and what it means and that it is learning and it is experience
1: and that book is absolutely fantastic it really is it starts out with a story of the a woman who just goes in for a routine hospital operation and never comes home because it goes very wrong, purely because the doctor loses all track of time when he's doing the anesthetic right at the beginning. And it's hard hitting. It's a really hard hitting book in terms of the um, different elements of examples and stories that they share from the aviation and the medical industry and also from technology and, and industry that uses Dyson as a, a particular example of how he goes through all his 5000 plus evolutions of the the particular vacuum cleaner that he he builds eventually it is a an incredible book and I it's like almost like a manual isn't it it's just mm. brilliant
0: it's amazing. Uh, literally, one of my mentees um, he messaged me yesterday and said, wow, just read the first bit of that book. That's really difficult to read, um, but very powerful. And it is. Um, it's, it's a book that is groundbreaking to me. Um, it really is. And it, it completely changed my perception um, of how we think as human beings. It's, um, yeah, It, it, it I, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I read that book at that time. And I got given it nine months before randomly, and it sat on the side. And something told me to read it as the business went under, and it was it was the best thing I did because it really helped me understand that that bad situation was only was only a good thing. And looking back at it now, that year was the best worst year of my life um, because it it really helped mold my my thought process moving forward, and it helped me find the strength to hold myself accountable for what happened as well. So I wasn't blaming others. I had to really. Dig deep and look at myself because if I had blamed others, then I would have been ignorant to the things that I'd have done wrong to get me into that position. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm a massive advocate for for um, that book.
1: So you had the one business at the time, and now you've got five. So this is this is where Failing Forward is now excelling in so many different ways because you you came out of that as you say it's your best worst year of your life and I can't imagine how painful it must have been at the time tell us about it
0: at that time how I felt yeah um well I I gave up drinking uh, for about two months before and about two months after so I was uh wanted to be as clear focused as i possibly could whilst it was going under we we knew about six months before my wife was heavily pregnant and i got told by an insolvency practitioner the business needs to go under and my wife was due to give birth to my son ned and i couldn't let it happen at that point so i actually got another loan out uh, with a personal guarantee to try and keep trade out and get the business going and we had a few good months and then a few bad months happened and eventually i had to put the white flag up um so at that point of it going under, I was very clear focused. And then we went through insolvency and for anybody that doesn't understand what can happen in insolvency, you go through it, um, you have the, the insolvency practitioner to come in, they get all your details, but then you can actually go and start a business again, um, or you can start a business, you know, someone else can start the business. Like my wife is now the director of the business. She runs all the businesses, legally runs the businesses. And you buy the old business off the new business the, the the new business, you buy the old business. It's called a pre-package. And so we started a game laying off quite a few of the guys. So that was pretty emotional having to stand in front of my team, who it was one of my main things, one of my why whys is looking after people. I'm a people person and I always I probably held on to the staff longer than I should have done because I didn't want to let anyone down. And now I realize that was a bad mistake because sometimes sacrificing a few members of staff to keep, save the whole business is is actually stronger business decision and management decision than trying to keep everybody. But we had to lay all the guys off, which was very emotional, stood in the yard um, and having to stand in front of everybody and, and, and lay 20 plus people off. So I'd done all that and I had, I, I was so focused on finding a route out to, essentially know that we could try and have uh, salvage some sort of business so we could start again building from scratch so we went down to seven or eight staff Sarah very heavily involved with me this time around because I was I was the person leading it before but now Sarah needed to be involved and we then started going again and it was very strange because we started the business and we were trading and then I then had the lull, and the lull was my mental health catching up on me. I started drinking again, drinking quite heavily, um, and I just was a mess mentally. It was, it was like I'd been for, uh, the business had been slowly failing for about two years, but in the sixth sort of the year before was when it was really badly failing. And through the time of fa- failure, You're very much in a, Liam, I interviewed him the other day in my podcast, he's been through the same thing and he said it right, it's almost like you're living on the edge and you're at your most problem solving as an entrepreneur and business person, when things are are tough, that's when you're almost at your most focused and actually you're just day-to-day firefighting, but sometimes that can be quite a buzz from firefighting so you're firefighting and it was hugely stressful and we had things like we we were had an hour to get pay money for payroll and you know every month we wouldn't know how we we're going to pay the guys we'd just scrape it every month and there was this huge year of highs and lows and just getting by and then suddenly we we with the company goes under we start again things are starting to just get better and that's when I just had this emotional just blackout. I couldn't cope. Um, I was turning up to work, but not really, ex- not really being with it. Uh, very hazy, drinking lots every single night, overeating, extremely, extremely stressed, anxious. And it was just like my, my mind had caught up with me after a couple of years of being in the trenches. And it was it was tough. It was really tough. Uh, and I think the fact that I had to hold myself accountable was really difficult because it was the business going under was a compound of lots of mini mistakes by me that would all compounded into this big big mistake but holding myself accountable and staring down the barrel and saying actually it's no one else's fault but mine it's quite difficult on your mental strength and for about three months from September to December I was just a mess and that Christmas wasn't a great Christmas I wasn't a very good father at that time I was I think, yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty dark, um, but then I recovered, so it's all good.
1: And you spoke earlier about how it was emotional. It was one of your many whys. Tell us about the focus on why element for me.
0: So uh, I left school, fell all my GCSEs, went out and started working, did various different jobs, worked at Barclays Bank, car sales. And through the times I would had recruitment, um, lot mainly sales, customer service related jobs. And I had some awful bosses. I mean, bullied by one boss in recruitment, another boss in car sales. He was a control freak. Um, uh, another one of my tree surgery bosses was very aggressive. And I just was around these people and I, was, and I just kept thinking, this is not how we're people. This is not how you treat your staff. This is not how you treat your team. You know, we're all part of this team. And I just remember getting treated like absolute rubbish. So when I started the business, I was always like, if I'm gonna be a boss, I'm gonna do it the right way. I'm gonna look after my team. My team are the center of the business. I'm not just gonna do the old school thing that I used to hear all the time. I'm not gonna thank my staff, they get paid their pay packet is the thanks for them turning up. But to me, the pay packet is the minimum. That's what you that's your right. That's what you're, that's what you're, you know, you're, you're getting paid is, is your, is your turning up. But what, the way people should be cared for is by gratitude, by understanding their mental health, understanding what's going on with people if someone's turning up late to work or if someone's not performing at work the first thing shouldn't be a shout or a scream or you know uh uh, uh, uh someone having a go at you it should the first question is like are you okay what's going on and there was just this such old school way of just aggression in in, in in especially the industries I was working in. So when I started the business, I was always like, the team are gonna be the center point of the business. We're gonna look after the team. We're gonna have nights out. We're gonna have food. We're gonna have a beer on a Friday. So I'd buy a crate of beer every Friday. Once we cleared up the yard, we'd sit and we would have a beer. And we, we created this great atmosphere. And actually, I think it was one of the reasons why we scaled from naught to 47 quite quickly, because what I didn't realize is, and it was com- not done for this reason at all, but when you look after your team, you get so much more back from people, the commitment. Even, we'd never, we didn't ever do any customer service training, but if you were to look at our reviews from our clients, they'd almost like someone to copy and paste them. They were kind, caring, attentive. And, and in a tree surgery world where you've got a few different characters in to be getting those, that kind of feedback. And it really gave us a, a market presence of, this is a good company and the people, the, the team really enjoy their work. So this whole why was to look after people and actually it did a lot more for the business than just look after people it created this really good good place to work so I used to get told by other other bosses that I couldn't treat my staff that well and when the business went under a lot of people were saying you know told you told you you know you're treating you're too soft because people get confused between being being you know caring about people and that you're too soft and we couldn't make some the big decisions and and yes in, in essence when I was needing to lay people off probably couldn't make those big decisions but then I then I learned that sometimes you've got to make those big decisions but you can still care about people you can still do things the right way you can still be morally sound as a business and you can still look out for people.
1: So it's not a, an either or anymore and in in the business that you've created or in the businesses that you've created now the model is still that you are very much people-centered first Yes. Uh, yet it, it has to be a profit making business.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the, the model I work on is what I call the four pillars of a business and they're numbers, sales and marketing, systemization and culture. Obviously, there's lots of other things like operations and how a business is, is ran and goals, etc. But for me, they're the four foundational pillars and culture is in there because it's the culture for me is all about the vision, the values and the team and, and looking after the team. And a lot of people have questioned that to me. Why is that a pillar? And that's because the team because all businesses rely on people and you need to have a strong team and to do that you need to look after your team
1: so going back to the black box thinking your four pillars essentially is using the knowledge and the and the learnings of your own life but also the 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 illustrations that Matthew Syed highlights in the book what are the elements for you going forward what is the, the vision that you want to create
0: so my vision is I'm creating a network of businesses that can create me uh, financial freedom to create me stability so I never have to go back and put my family through having to sell our family home I'm a believer that in the saying that you've got to love yourself before you can love others like I want to help the world I want to help homeless people I want to help people that have been in dark times but the point of creating my structure my business is I need to get my my home in check to ensure that my family will always be looked after and then I can have the freedom to be able to go and help people and also the money to be able to go and help people Um, I don't I, I like shiny things i like to have nice cars um i love cars um, my dream board pre-business going under you know Porsche Carrera 911 R8 Ferrari you know nice speedboat things like that but i had quite a big ego back then and, and i realize now that actually if i went and bought an Audi R8 tomorrow I'll drive it for a month and then I'd want something faster. So then I'd want a Porsche Carrera. Then I'd want a Ferrari. And then I'd want a Bugatti Veyron. And yes, they're all great things, but you all, you're, as human beings, we always want the next shiny thing, the next fast thing. You know, we want more and more and more. And actually, yes, that'd be fun whilst you are driving it. But when you go to sleep at night, that's not going to keep you warm and make you feel nice. Actually helping people, serving people, doing the right thing. That's the kind of thing that makes you feel good and is the right thing to do so i want to have some nice shiny things yes but i want to create a network of businesses i want to create wealth so i can actually go and help people because when i was in my dark places i went to see counselors i went to groups and there were lots of people there that were just like me they had families at one point or they still had families they had um they had jobs businesses and they'd taken a few wrong turns and things had gone wrong and they'd end up with addictions or they'd end up, end up on the streets. And as soon as you're on the streets, that's when society really says, you know, you're not part of society anymore. And that's what I want to be able to do is help people that are in real, real dark times, people that need an extra pull, that might not have the support. I was very fortunate I had a wife that was patient some people might call a stubborn or patient i call a patient um that stuck by me i've got parents who are still with me fortunately and stuck by me i have sister who's stuck by me and some really really decent friends who were there for me when the crap was hitting the fan but there are people out there that 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 don't have that support and that's what i want to be able to do is create a network of businesses that keep get me from up financially free so that I, i can then go and support and help people there's a really great um charity in southampton called street angels run by a lady called sarah and she is fantastic and they go out and they support the homeless people and they give them food and water and they give them sleeping bags and they just go out and talk to them on their level and just try and help and i want to be able to be involved in that that sort of charity and other charities in the future. And I'm not sure in what context yet, whether it's providing housing. I've got a dream of starting a halfway house that also helps people then get into business. Because I also believe that quite a few people who have addictions have a um, very similar personality to an entrepreneur. They've always got that worrying, wanting to, needing to do something and that's what quite often leads people to addiction. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know what the the exact psych- psychologist would say on that. But I see different traits in in people with addiction to, to entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are always pushing, always going, and it's very similar to some of addicts. So I'd love to be able to create some sort of halfway house that helps people get off the streets, but also would hopefully not just get them off the streets but it would take them on to the next stage which would hope hopefully they won't relapse with which they'd go out and be able to get a career or business along the way so that's the master plan over the next couple few years
1: and going back to this young 16 year old version of henry who failed all his gcse's what would you say to him now
0: Wow. Well, do you know what? This is a good question to think about for me because I sort of manifested myself away back into my old school, which I'm going to be doing in a month to go and talk to people just like me, 16-year-olds who are coming out of school who might not be doing so well when their exams. So, I would say to me to just go out and try and experience as much as you can, try and learn, and don't don't be worried to go into any job and be worried about the outcome of it just go and try and learn and ask as many questions as you can just try and just soak up knowledge and the main thing I suppose because I after failing on my GCSEs I didn't pick a book up to about six months before the business went under and I told myself I didn't do learning and actually what I realize now is, is I wasn't at school I wasn't learning about stuff that I was really interested in And I would just say, keep trying to learn, keep trying things and trying to read different books. And once you find something that you really enjoy, read that and then read some more and then keep going down a rabbit hole of self-development.
1: And what will a 16-year-old benefit from reading, do you think?
0: I think just the continuous self-development even for mental health for me if I'm ever feeling anxious or feeling feeling down if I go and sit and read a book for 20 minutes and takes me away from my phone screen which is just an absolute time draw and also an anxiety overload sometimes for people especially social media when people are very much living their best lives through social media I believe that reading a book in taking that time out will do massive for mental health but this feeling of moving forward, of developing, is so powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That the the, the room of people that you're going to be speaking to. It, it, did you say you're going to be speaking to them before they they do their exams?
0: So it's June the ninth. Yeah. So I don't know when when will they be doing their exams. Well, it
1: depends. Is it is it the the cohorts who are doing their exams that year? I'm not sure. They, I'm, I, yeah. I got
0: approached a week ago. I bumped I mm. randomly, but bumped into a guy at the golf course, and he and started talking to him. And he listens to the podcast. And then he said, "Oh, actually, I'm going to be working at Vapour College." And I went, oh, I went there. <laughs> and he said, "Well, you will be working. We've got we're talking to some teenagers, so I think 15, 16 year old. So it yeah. might be year tens. I'm not sure yet." Yeah, so.
1: like likely to be that then, because I think the other ones will be in the midst of their exams. So so knowing that you obviously don't want to discourage them from really working towards their exams but also giving them that comfort blanket that it's going to be okay if it it doesn't go as well as they they think it's going to be and it's not the be all and end all it's the next stepping stone to the next chapter of their life and again having lived that do you still can you still connect with the 16 year old self can you still be that, Henry? Because it's so hard, isn't it? Sometimes you've got so many different experiences in between.
0: Yeah, and I think that my wife, Sarah, actually asked me this the other day, at 16, would you have listened to you now? And I was like, that's a very good point. Probably not. <laughs> um, because I think when you're that age, you kind of think you know a lot already and, and really you don't know. Like looking back, the Henry back then, I didn't know anything, <laughs> really. Um, so it's going to be a challenge to get that across without sounding you know, I don't think the teachers are gonna want me to go in there and just say, don't worry about your GCSEs. That's gonna be the challenge. Um, you know, I think I'm just gonna to have to go and try and be as me as I can and share my experiences and where I think I went wrong. And the fact that if I had just learned a bit, little bit more on the things that like, I would love to learn maths again. Like that's one thing I'd love to learn again. Uh, I definitely wasn't in whenever I want to learn triple science again. Um, I'd love to learn maths and I'd love to learn French. Um, I'd love to have a language. So I could, I suppose I just got to share my experiences and some of the, some of them might, might connect and some of them might not. So.
1: Yeah, it, it, I totally get where you're coming from. And it is hard to, to connect with that age who they've, they don't they don't know what's coming they don't know how to run a business it's hard to connect with someone who's just said oh you know i've just i've just failed my business you know this is my advice it's like well i don't even know what it's like to run one yet so uh, it's, it's a tough one and i I've, I've had a couple of people recently who bridge that gap between school and employment and and also the the purpose piece like how does that fit in because it's a different type of language to the 16 year olds to where you are now, what purpose means to you, having a family, having a business, creating a legacy. And I guess it comes down to the difference between knowledge and support. Mm. You know, you're there to promote that there will always be people who can support you. doesn't matter where you are on your journey, that it's okay. There will be someone there for you.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, that's huge is knowing that there's going to be always that support whatever you go through, there's always that support. And just as you're talking, then I just, my mind actually opened up and I thought what would actually be a really good question is to ask them what they want to do. Um, and then I can give guidance around that because actually I think that age group now are going to be the, the, the leaders for this green world, this green planet that we need to create. You know, I think the, the older generations don't see this carbon, carbon neutral world and they're not, they're, they're too set in their ways, but actually I think there's gonna be some huge innovation from the teenagers now coming out and really caring. And it was gonna be really interesting to hear if I asked people what they wanna do, being able to understand and then advise people how they can do that. Because actually I started business when I was 24. You, I've met people now in the property industry who are getting into the property industry, 18, 19 years old, with their heads really screwed on. And they're not going to university; they're going straight into property investing. But I, I suppose that the key is going to be, rather than me going in there and blurting out my what I've done, which might be of no interest of anybody, is to ask them what they want to do, and then I can give my experiences from there.
1: I think you're right, and and the the need for sustainability and for empowerment of the future generations is huge. The fact that you are working in an industry which is in about nature it's about sustainability you you're not just taking trees down you're a tree surgeon you know you're helping trees to to thrive so you you are in that essence somebody who is shaping the landscape and so yeah i think you've got a great message it's just exactly how does it sit
0: Mm, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be interesting I'm doing it twice so I get two attempts
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah asking them what they need first is is always a great way of of launching into a conversation yeah so Henry tell me you've gone through this journey you are advocating that it's only a negative to fail if you don't learn from it and that has been a really clear message that I've got from today you are focused on finding the way forward for many others in your charitable focus with the street angels what else is there what else is there what other focus on why do you have going on
0: i suppose it's just helping people in general i love people and i love helping people um and that's why i think i i've like, started the tree surgery mastermind the tree surgery academy tree surgery business academy is i just love people and love helping people And I get a real kick out of that. And I suppose that's always been my why and why I wanted to look after my teams because I love being around people and I love love talking. I could talk for England, Um, but there's also a bit of that which I've had to learn to be able to listen at the same time as well and listen to other people. So it's part of the growth of not me just talking at people. So Yeah, I suppose my why is to to be able to help and serve where I can, add value, give value. Um, A lot of people ask me why I started Fail Forward. Uh, There is no sales funnel from it at the moment. There's nothing that is coming off the back of it. I'm not trying to sell anything from it. It's just something that's happened in my life that I've seen. And people told me it was really inspiring and I need to get it out there. Quite a few people. So it's just trying to use all of the content, everything in my head, to be able to try and help people. So, uh, yeah, my why is just just try and share my experience, share my. Uh, I think I've got a bit of a. I don't know if a gift's the right word. That sounds really big-headed, but I am really comfortable with vulnerability. I'm really comfortable with telling people my life story and all of the difficult bits not just all the nice bits and I think that in the world right now we have a massive problem with suicide and mental health and for years especially in the UK we've had this stiff upper lip um, where we we can't talk about our feelings and I'm very open at talking about my feelings when things are good and when things are bad and I feel like if I'm in a room full of people, I can lower the vulnerability level so low that other people feel okay to come out and say when they're not okay, or be able to talk about their problems. And I really hope that as, as if I can do it and I can share that with other people, then that can promote vulnerability. Because I I believe that if we can talk about our problems, it will... Make life and mental health so easy. It's not going to solve everything. Talking about your problems won't instantly solve that problem. But quite often, once it's out of your head and it's not bouncing around and you talk about it, it makes it a lot less lighter. If that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Well, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being that person who is making the stand and making the difference in sharing your vulnerability and, and advocating that other people step into that space too. So, yeah, bravo.
0: Thank you. I mean, I just, I, I, I hear pe- people committing suicide all the time and uh, saying, oh, I, you know, I didn't even know. And that guy, they were so, f- they were so happy at the, in the pub and, you know, that, that I wouldn't have known anything. And I think, well, has he been, has that person been in a situation where he's felt comfortable to be able to talk about his problems? Or is he just going down the pub, getting lashed to forget about his problems? And I'm not blaming anybody else for for that situation, but... I think the more we can talk about things. A vet, the lady who's worked for me, my marketing manager, used to say, "I think the reason why you can deal with this business going on so much is because you just talk about it a lot." Um, so I, I, I hope that over the years, as a nation and as a as a world, we can advocate more people talking about and and letting out and and not ridiculing people when they do come out and say things aren't right.
1: So Henry, what's the best way of people reaching out to you?
0: So um, Facebook is my main place that I, I hang out on social media, I suppose. I'm, I am on other social media platforms, but Facebook is the place that I generally pick things up. So if people want to find me on Facebook or even better, listen to the Fail Forward podcast, uh, and then they can um, they can contact me through the Fail Forward uh, Facebook group.
1: Brilliant. Excellent. Well, Henry thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey and sharing why you're doing what you're doing it really has been inspirational and I just feel for those 16 year olds who are going about to hear your story that they are going to be lucky in so many ways because they are going to have the opportunity to see someone who and and hear from someone who has failed and that it's not been the end of, of their world for them
0: amazing thank you well thank you for having me on Amy I really appreciate it It's a pleasure.
1: Do you have some final words for us, Henry?
0: Yes. uh, Fail forward. Do not be scared of failure. Do not fear failure. Embrace it. Failure is only a negative if you do not learn from it.